to your point the, about the about the Rocky mentality, and it, you know, I, it, it always seems a little bit silly to me to kind of reference a fictional character, but not at all. Like, because I, I can tell you, in my darkest moments, the 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 lesson from that, which is very real, right? The character may be fake, but the lesson is very real. Totally. You know, Rocky was not a great boxer, right? No one would ever say that he was, but he was an amazing fighter and an amazing warrior. And his whole idea was, it's not about being perfect. It's not about being the most talented or even the hardest worker. It's about being the one with the most perseverance, the most persistence, right? And I, I took that on like, you know, the whole thing is, man, as long as my heart's still beating, I'm still going forward. And like, you can be smarter than me and you can be faster and most people are, right? But you're not gonna beat me unless you kill me. Quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Thank you to Tranquil Turtle Massage. They are located right in the heart of downtown Coeur d'Alene and Tracy is a master massage specialist and Hanu Ashiatsu trainer. Look, my wife and I go see her and her team every single month and we walk away feeling great. Sore muscles are gone. We feel relaxed. You gotta go check them out. Tell them I sent you for 25 bucks off your massage package. Also, while you're there, make sure you check out CDA Brows Body and Ink, offering Cordelaine's best tattoo brows, plasma fiber blast, tightening, and PMU services. Tell them I sent you and you'll save a hundred bucks on your tattoo brows or plasma tightening. Make sure you check out Tranquil Turtle Massage and CDA Brows Body and Ink at pnwmobilemassage.com. Buddy, you're a husband, you're a father, you're a US, U.S. Marine, you're a co-owner and president and CEO of Whitefeather Investments and so much more, man. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, I appreciate you having me on, man. I'm stoked. Yeah, I, I like to kick things off by going back a bit and just kind of in, like before we started, we got into this a little bit, but you know, what was childhood like for you? Where did you grow up, man? So I was born in Texas. Um, I'm the youngest of five. My mom wanted to have seven, but she had two miscarriages. And so uh, five of us made it through. And uh, I'm the youngest. I have two older brothers and two older sisters. And uh, my mom and dad were crazy, right? They, my dad, uh, you know, had difficulty holding down a job. And then they decided uh, in, that they would just pack up the entire uh, family, load us into, I'm not kidding, a hollowed out school bus, and drove up. He, we were going to drive to Canada, as the story goes. But my dad stopped in eastern Tennessee, right in the foothills of the Smoky Mountains, to see his brother who lived there. And that's where we stayed. And so I grew up uh, in East Tennessee um, for a huge portion of that without any electricity or running water. We literally built our own log cabin. I'm not kidding. Like, I know how to skin logs. I know how to notch them. I know how to put the, you know, mortar in between. I'm not, it's crazy, crazy stuff. And this is in like the 80s and 90s, right? This is not in the 1880s. But that was our life. And uh, yeah, it was it was an adventure. But I will say um, there's a there's a dark side to that type of lifestyle as well. Right. And, and there's a dark side to poverty. Right. And so we were we were WIC and food stamps babies. And, you know, I, I remember I mean, I, shoot, I could still I still can still visualize like where all the WIC stuff is at the at the Piggly Wiggly. Right. And then like the, all that kind of stuff. And so it was I'd say it was an adventure. And, and I will say that my mom and dad. They worked as hard as they could and they did the best that they could, uh, but they didn't know anything about finances. They didn't know anything about that. And, um, you know, all, all the stuff that all the stuff that comes with uh, growing up poor, you know, um, you know, there's it's it's a, there's some difficulties, right? There's some struggle. And, but. Yeah. I mean, like you said, you kind of have that Rocky mentality 
uh, going into life after things like that. You know, you know, I grew up in the broken home and battled addictions and I was in jail at mm-hmm. 18. I, you know, had to find mm-hmm. my mom's boyfriend when I was 13 because he was hitting her, you know, the, just craziness as well. Uh, been on WIC and, and food stamps with my wife and I, you know, we, when we first got married, I was like, crap, man, we can't even afford this rent. It's like 900 mm-hmm. bucks a month. Wow. Like, uh, just craziness there. But you ended up enlisting in the Marines in, I think, 2004. Uh, again, thank you for your service there. What was the drive to go into the military, and, and why did you end up picking the Marines? Yeah, that's a great question. To your point the, about the about the Rocky mentality, and it, you know, I, it, it always seems a little bit silly to me to kind of reference a fictional character, but not at all. Like, because I, I can tell you, in my darkest moments, the 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 lesson from that, which is very real, right? The character may be fake, but the lesson is very real. Totally. You know, Rocky was not a great boxer, right? No one would ever say that he was, but he was an amazing fighter and an amazing warrior. And his whole idea was, it's not about being perfect. It's not about being the most talented or even the hardest worker. It's about being the one with the most perseverance, the most persistence, right? And I I took that on like, you know, the whole thing is, man, as long as my heart's still beating, I'm still going forward. And like, you can be smarter than me and you can be faster and most people are, right? But you're not going to beat me unless you kill me. Right. And I can tell you, dude, that, that kind of mentality can build, well, four businesses. It can build, you know, all kinds of, it can build whatever kind of life you want, if that's what you embrace. So if hardship, while we don't want it, it's not like we seek it out. Not like Goggins, right? Goggins seeks out hardship. I don't, I I do not. I'm not as tough as him, not even close. So it's not like we want hardship, but we can use it. If it's forced on us, we can use it. Right. Just because you were on WIC, just because you were in jail, doesn't mean you stay there, right. right? You build off of it and you take the lessons that you learned from it and you move forward with it. Um, so for me, honestly, man, so the the Marine Corps to me always seemed, my dad was a Marine. Um, he was drafted a Marine in Vietnam and, and by his own admission, he wasn't very good. He was busted down to Lance Corporal several times and, you know, for fighting and things like that. But I always loved the idea of, being able to to fight for the country and to being able to defend what I thought was a pretty amazing American way of life. Because even when even though we were poor and even though there was not a lot of opportunity, at least in the borders of my small town, I could see it outside of the borders. Yeah. And it didn't seem like anybody cared that I would be, you know, grow up poor, that the rushing family name didn't have much weight or, you know, that that my mom was, you know, uh, Hispanic and my dad was a, a poor white guy, right? It didn't seem to matter as much when I would look outside those things. And so I was like, well, you know, maybe the military is a way out. But I tell you this, when I was in high school, I, I had pretty good grades. And, you know, I knew I couldn't afford to go to college because I just didn't have the money. And so I was in the guidance counselor's office uh, one day and he said, hey, take a look at this brochure. Have you ever thought about this? And, and the brochure was of this like uh, tr- this formation of people in white uniforms with these cool looking hats on. And there was this like blue aircraft that were just screaming overhead. It was the McGregor midshipman with the Blue Angels that I found out later. But I was, I was like, that is so cool, man. I was like, that's awesome. And they go, the magic words. They said, well, I'll tell you what, if you get accepted to the Naval Academy, you don't have to pay for college. And I was like, whoa, I want to say, I would love to say that it was all about the noble pursuit of something higher. It wasn't, it was about getting my college paid for. (laughs) And so I actually, yeah, so I actually worked really hard and and barely squeaked in the door. But yeah, I got, I got accepted to the Naval Academy and I graduated in 2004. Come on, man. Yeah. 
What a story, dude. I love that, man. I mean, I'm sure that you've learned a lot of things in the Marines that you're able to utilize in life, but like, what's that number one skill that you've learned being in the military that you are able to use on a daily basis in life and business? Yeah, man, that's, uh, I tell you, it, it goes back to the same thing. And this is going to, you know, I, I want to be clear, like, I try really hard to make smart decisions. I try really hard to like do the right things and, 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 you know, um, and be right and make good investments and so on. So it's, so I'm not just saying that you just go out there and just get beat up and then you're going to succeed. That's not it at all. Right. Right. However, in the Marine Corps, there's not a lot of, uh, tolerance for weakness. There's not a lot of tolerance for excuses. Um, there's really just, you get the mission done. And it can be, I was a combat engineer in the Marine Corps and combat engineers, they do uh, demolitions, right? You do explosive breaching, you do uh, take down houses and stuff like that with explosives. And, you know, nobody really cares if you're super surgical. They care if the building that was supposed to be destroyed was destroyed and nobody was unnecessarily hurt, right? Nobody that you weren't trying to hurt. So, so like, and it was like, you know, the, the mission, no matter what mentality and like obstacles, excuses, all that. Okay, Roger that. I don't really care. Just did you accomplish the mission? And I can tell you, it works that way in business too, right? You have to be a little more gentle with your words and dealing with people, right? You can't just like bark at them like you do Marines. But but mission, no matter what, is like, you know, that's that's the secret to success in a lot of things. Yeah, that's so true, dude. I love that, man. So good, dude. I, I want to get into white feather investments. This is so awesome. Like for those who don't know, what's this thing about? Like how did it all come together? Yeah, yeah. So we're, I tell you, I was, I was on a, a long range uh, convoy in Afghanistan um, in what's called an MRAP, a mine resistant ambush protected vehicle. It's those big armored vehicles that you, you saw on TV back in the day. And uh, so I'm on this long range patrol and you get a lot of downtime and I find this uh, purple book in between the seat and the radio, right? And I pull it out and it says, Rich Dad, Poor Dad on it. Well, all right, that's whatever, that's kind of interesting. So I start reading it and I, I'm riveted. I finish the book all in one sitting, which it's a small book, so it's not that impressive, but like I finished it in one sitting, right? And I remember thinking two things at the end of it. I remember thinking, number one, this is a horribly written book. And two, the nuggets inside this thing will change my life forever. There's no way that I cannot. And it was Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? And most people know what the book is, but that changed me forever. And, and, so, I, and so I came back from Afghanistan. That was on a deployment to Afghanistan. I came back from Afghanistan and I went to 29 Palms, California, which is outside of Palm Springs. There's a Marine base there. And I walked into a real estate agent's office. It was this old dilapidated rundown office and this old guy with a red beard sitting behind these massive stacks of papers. And I said, hey, I want to buy a beat up piece of crap property and I want to fix it up and I want to sell it and make a lot of money. Is now a good time to buy real estate? And he goes, June 2007, it's an amazing time to buy real estate. And I was like, sweet, that's awesome. I had no clue what a market was. I had no clue how to do cash flow analysis. I just knew if you bought old houses and fixed them up, you could be rich, right? And that was my whole plan. So, so I bought and this. So this is my first investment. I buy this property for one hundred fifty-four thousand. Remember these numbers. I bought it for one hundred fifty-four thousand, and I poured every dollar that I owned into it. It was around thirty thousand dollars I'd saved up in Afghanistan, plus all the time before that, all the money I had in the world. Poured it into it. Did all the renovations. Me and my wife, just all the renovations. We did the the roof, the the you know, the ceiling, we scraped popcorn ceiling. We like ripped up carpet, all of that for about a year and a half. We worked our butts off every day and poured every dollar we had into it. What we didn't know, which you picked up on is June, 2007 was when the market was tipped. 
and it went, it bottomed out. And in, and in 29 Palms, there was a 60% depreciation in value of houses. And so this house I bought for 152,000 after a year and a half, when it was fully renovated and brand new, we had it appraised and it appraised for 70,000. So I was 70 plus thousand dollars underwater, plus all the money we put into it were lost. Right. And I got to be honest with you, Eric, I, I, I don't know why, but when we heard that news, yes, you get that kick in the gut. Yeah. But our next thought was, hmm, if our house is worth half of what it was, everybody's house is worth half of what it was. But because of there's now two wars, one in Afghanistan and one in Iraq, and Marines are deploying to each, the BAH, right, the housing allowance they give military, has gone up. So that means the rent in a town like that is going up. But the houses are half what they were. And so we decided, um, after a lot of deliberation, that the money that we had built up, neither of us are from wealthy families. We're you know, both from families that, that wouldn't be able to afford to pay for our wedding. And so we decided that we would take all of the money that we had saved up for our wedding and instead get married at the San Bernardino County Courthouse and take that money and buy an investment property. Right. So we bought a three bedroom, two bath for sixty nine thousand dollars, rented it out for nine. It was brand new, been foreclosed on. The builder got went bankrupt and then it got foreclosed on. So we bought it for sixty nine thousand. Our mortgage was three hundred eighty five dollars a month and we rented it out for nine fifty. That was our second investment. And then it launched on from there. Um, I kept deploying to Afghanistan. Uh, you know, I was running company command and stuff, and we just kept buying rental properties in our spare time and educating ourselves. Uh, and then one day in 2017, I met a guy who was a turnkey rental provider in Memphis, which is a, someone who buys properties, they renovate them, they place a tenant, put it under management, and then investors buy it. And it's turnkey, right? You just buy it and, and it's a rental property. So all of the people that had been listening to me yap for a decade on real estate, they were all super excited to get involved, but I never had any kind of ability for them to, to get involved. And so I said, all right, I'm going to bring all my friends in. I'm going to educate them. I'm going to help them buy these properties and you just pay me a referral fee. That's what I told him. He was like, Roger, that sounds good. Right. And so I started talking to my friends and it was electric, like just like that. Everybody it was all, all this pent up demand. Right. And so all my friends were like, yes, yes, let's do it. And dude, even while I was on active duty over the course of the next two and a half years, we collectively bought almost 300 properties uh, from this guy and from other people. And that's how White Feather, as it is now, was born. Um, and then it morphed into this group of about 500 people that were all working toward building financial freedom together. We help each other. I run you know, uh, an accelerator course with now my ops officer, a guy named Greg, who is a, a former Marine as well. Um, and we run this accelerator where we train people how to build businesses and invest in real estate. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, we, we, we buy properties all over the U S now it's crazy. And yeah, I transitioned off of active duty and now I'm actually in my backyard right now in a, in a converted tough shed. Uh, it looks like an office, doesn't it? But it's actually a tough shed from home Depot, uh, that we converted. This is the international headquarters of white feather. Now, my friend, <laughs> dude, that is so amazing, man. <laughs> I love the story. I love the shed, dude. That's I've thought of like, man, I need to put a tough shed in the backyard for a podcast studio, dude. That's so there you go. Do it. Do it. It's legit, dude. And look, you can see this thing behind me. That's skylight. That doesn't belong in a tough shed. We blew the top out of it and like put this whole skylight in. 
Come on, man. That's so good, dude. Uh, one of the areas that you focus on on your website that I noticed is you guys talk about generational wealth. Mm-hmm. And, and you said you didn't come from, from money. But, like, how can you deep dive into that? Like, how can people build up or create generation, generational wealth, man? Yeah, man. I, I tell you, I it's – in my mind, I just – I try to focus on the simplest things ever. I love the Moneyball theory. You remember that movie, the Brad Pitt movie, Moneyball, where he was like, hey, listen, we don't need to hire all of this rock stars. Why don't we get the guys that get on base the most? If we get on base enough times, we can win. And they did, right? And so I believe that you don't need to swing for the home runs. You don't, you, I, I don't subscribe to the get-rich-quick mentality. I think if you get on base enough times, you win. And so what I consider a base hit, and this is the way I've done it, is – you buy a single family, three bedroom, two bath, 1200 square foot property somewhere in the Midwest, Memphis or St. Louis or Little Rock or whatever. You buy it for $130,000, $140,000. It rents for maybe $1,000 a month. You're not getting crazy cash flow. You get bank financing on it, right? Or maybe something like that. And maybe you cash flow a couple hundred bucks a month. But the power of rental real estate is in the compounding nature of the benefits, which I'll talk about in a second, and time. Everybody says location is the most important thing in real estate. Mm-mm. It's a factor, but in my opinion, the two most important things in the in real estate are the deal structure itself and time. Right? Remember that uh, property I just talked about that I bought it, we bought it, we renovated it, it was underwater. Okay, that was yeah. two thousand nine when we had that appraised. I still have that property. I couldn't sell it. Right? It was underwater. Yep. Now it's worth about 230000 I owe 125 on it, and the rent is 1500 a month. And so it's cash flowing about $1,000 a month. Now now it's a cash flow engine. Now it has tons of equity because of time. I made a horrible mistake on that property, but time bailed me out, right? So time is a huge deal in rental real estate. So that's to your point of generational wealth. If you buy that single family rental and it cash flows 200 bucks a month, and it's also paying down your mortgage with the rent, and it's appreciating over time, and you get tax benefits from it, and rent goes up over time, but the mortgage stays the same, except more goes toward principal every month. So you fast forward five years down the road, that house is worth more than what you bought it, you owe less, it's paying itself off faster because of the amortization schedule, the rent is higher, so your cash flow is higher, and you still get the tax benefits. If you do that, if you get a base hit every year, And I do this. I have something called a financial freedom blueprint that I put everybody through that maps it out and shows them what their future can look like. If you buy one of these a year and you have the patience to wait 10 years, let's just say, or 12 years or whatever, right? You're going to be working anyway. Don't quit your job. Keep working. Do this in your spare time. You can do it in your spare time. But let's just say you do this every day for or every year for 15 years. All of a sudden, at the end of that 15 years, you have a million dollars of equity. So you're a millionaire. You have $10,000 of net monthly cash flow after all expenses, even if you don't get out of bed. And it's all in appreciating assets that are growing in value. So like when you die, let's just say you live to 90. When you die, you are wealthier than you were when you're 40, right? That's what I mean by generational wealth. So now that passes on to your, to your kids, right? And they start off their life with, appreciating income producing assets that are growing in value right that's what i mean by generational wealth and that's what i learned from robert kiyosaki come on man and this may tie into that same thing but like you're you're obviously successful in business and in life uh you know what is it though that drives you to keep going at this point in life that's oh man such a good such a good question right because 
there are two things that motivate us. There's running from pain and there's running toward pleasure or promise or passion or whatever, right? Yeah. Running from pain is easier. It's easier, right? So if somebody's in a really crappy situation, it's very easy for them to be motivated to solve that problem. But then once they solve that problem and they're in a comfortable situation, the question is, what do you do now? That's one of the greatest sort of challenges in life is figuring out a way to transition from success to significance. Okay. Success is what everybody starts out trying to get. I want to be a millionaire. I want to have $10,000 a month of passive income. I want to have this much or this much. Okay. Right. Roger. What about once you have that? What now? You can only make so much money. Then you have to start making a difference in order for your life to have meaning in order for you to want to. So for me, I'm, I have been very, very fortunate and blessed enough to have succeeded or like, like exceeded what my initial goals were. And so the goalpost keeps moving. But really what drives me forward, and I was thinking about this this morning, because this morning I was feeling lazy. I was feeling lazy. My, my wife was dropping the kids off at school. I, I don't have a boss anymore, so I just come to the tough shed, right? And I was feeling lazy, and I was thinking to myself, like, what? I could just clear my calendar if I wanted to today, right? And, and, and just kind of sit around. But I always think of Eric Thomas, right? Eric Thomas is a great, you know, influence on me. Um, yeah. And, you know... It, he talks about all the time, you know, that, that like you're the only way to truly discover like why you were put on this earth is to, to kind of manifest the greatest version of the talents that you have to create impact, to provide value in other people's lives. And white feather is set up like the entire mission of white feather is to help military people create financial freedom. That's it. Nothing more complex than that. And so the only way that I achieve success is by helping military people create financial freedom. And I can tell you, man, the, the, the things that drive me, that motivate me are the stories. They're the stories like a guy named Taylor who, you know, he, he I met him like two and a half years ago and he went through the real estate accelerator. He learned what he needed to learn. And even though he didn't have much money, he had like $35,000 from his career starter loan. He used birth strategies and seller financing and sub two deals and creative acquisitions to build up 30 plus units. And now he's transitioning out of the army, he's not even 30 yet, and he's financially free. So he's gonna run his real estate business full-time. He's not even gonna get another job. He's not even 30, right? He's what motivates me, right? This kid's life and his, he's, he's married now and they're about to have a little baby. Their legacy is now changed forever from what it was. And I'm not taking credit for it, that's him, but I get to be a small part of it, right? Yeah. And I get to follow along in his journey and, and see the impacts that he then has as well I'm telling you, dude, the secret to happiness in life is trans is building success and then transitioning it to significance. However, that means for you. <laughs> I love this conversation, man. It's so good, dude. So good. So much knowledge just dropped right there, man. Um, I love to finish my shows with a fun question coming up. I'm a big music guy. Like what okay. kind of music do you like to listen to? What's a favorite band for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, uh, I grew up in Tennessee in, in deep, Deep Tennessee, right? Uh, yeah. And so I grew up listening to country music. I, I listen to all kinds of different music, you know, uh, you know, uh, Ed Sheeran and, and Luce Capaldi and those kinds of things. But I got to be honest, my favorite, my wife and my favorite artist right now has got to be Morgan Wallen. Um, oh yeah, M Morgan Wallen drops drops bombs, man. And uh, and and uh, Brett Young, Brett Young as well. Those are the two kind of top ones right now. And we're actually going to a concert. Uh, we went to a concert, I think, last year for Brett Young. It was awesome. But yeah, oh, yeah. I say Morgan Wallen, the dangerous, the dangerous double album. Uh, she's got it on repeat. 
Come on, man. That's so good. <laughs> Buddy, this conversation was so amazing, man. You're an absolute world changer, dude. I love your story. The Rocky story continues, man. So good, dude. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your service, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. This is a lot of fun. I, I appreciate your time, bud. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate it. I hope that my guest was able to bring you some amazing wisdom and knowledge to help you continue to fight for your goals, your dreams, and your purpose. If you could do me one big favor and just hit that subscribe button, I would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Keep changing the world. I believe in you. Have an amazing day.